You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel Service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message. Today's chapel frame will be hands of service. And just to do a little overview of where we've been this semester, in the fall, we had the theme of you are what you love which helped us focus on our vertical relationship with God. This fall, or this spring, our theme has been becoming love in action. And what this series has been about is helping us to be mindful of how our love for God and love with God impacts those around us, so leads to a love for neighbor. And so Pastor Greg will be finishing off this series with a summary of where we've been this semester. So we're looking forward to that. If you could stand, we'll read from Mark chapter 12. The most important commandment, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul, with all of your mind and with all of your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Would you pray with me? God, you love the world. We know that you are Jehovah El Roy, the God who sees. We know you, Jesus, are a man who is well acquainted with grief. You bear our sorrows. We know that you continue to see the war that's raging in Ukraine. You see the suffering at the US-Mexico border. You know the families of the victims of the school shooting in Nashville. We desperately pray, along with the early church, come Holy Spirit. Come Lord Jesus, please teach us how to love you with all that we are, our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. Would you teach us to see others and to know others and to love others in the way that you have seen and known and loved us, God? Jesus, it's in your powerful and mighty name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. And then again in Psalms 149. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song, his praise in the assembly of the godly. Let Israel be glad in his maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing, making melody to him with tambourine and lyre. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with salvation. Well, first, thanks to handbells. Uh, What a beautiful morning to come to chapel and hear the incredible work that you put into those sounds, uh, waking us up, handbells. And second, uh, Restored Class. Wow, thanks for that song. What, what a crazy 2022-2023 that this song that is your class hymn uh, became a, a prayer that was echoed across campus, uh, that God would do that. So. Thanks for an awesome class hymn. And it was cold this morning, you guys. Did anybody, did anybody have to scrape their car this morning? Yeah, 
It was, I mean, it was like 30 degrees. It's at the end of March. It can be just a little annoying when you um, are kind of on the ready uh, to jump in your car and to get somewhere fast. And um, my 12-year-old scraped my car this morning. Isaac is awesome. Dad didn't even say, go scrape my car. He just said, Dad, can I have the keys? I'm going to scrape your car. Life is good, I'm telling you. <laughs> so this morning, we uh, are going to start with Romans chapter uh, 13, and we're going to read verses 8 to 10 and uh, jump in together this morning. So these are the words in Romans 13, verses 8 to 10. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other command there may be are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. This is the word of God for the people of God. So Madeline really helped know where we are today as we come to this uh, closure of a love in action series that in so many ways started in the fall uh, as we talked about becoming this year and asked questions um, about what do you love. And so as we came into the spring and, and jumped in uh, to this Love in Action series, we were uh, in Romans 12 when Dr. Baldwin uh, kicked it off for us uh, in that passage about being living sacrifices. And she, she talked about being aware of time about the blocks of our day that are expressions of our worship, of our life in God. And we live in this world with the tension of not becoming too well adjusted to the patterns of this world. So this series that we've been in has taken us through Romans 12, 13, and 14. We heard from Dr. Brown, from Zach Meerkrebs, from Dr. Joy Vaughn, uh, from Dr. Elaine Bernius a couple of weeks ago. And during all that time, there was outpouring sprinkled on top. So it has been a great, great series for us. And in praying through how to summarize uh, our Love in Action series, I've landed on this question. What is the direction that love moves? What are the rhythms of inflow and outflow of the love of God in your life? And so to start with, there's something uh, very simple that we're aware of. First, love moves vertically. It flows from God. It draws us to itself. God draws us with his love into communion with him. And so when Romans 12.1 starts and invites us to be living sacrifices, the invitation starts like this. Therefore, in view of God's mercy, in view of God's 
incredible, unconditional love for you. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Dr. Vaughn said that the whole story of love begins with God. Romans 5, 6 to 8, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. While we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. And Dr. Vaughn added that the story doesn't even begin with our seeking. It begins with God's love. It's what we call the prevenient grace of God. It's becoming, it's been coming after us before we were even aware that God was coming after us. Something that happened over and over at, at this outpouring in February, it illustrates God's vertical direction of grace. So it was often staff and faculty that stood in the foyer and stood in, in, in the back of Hughes at that place where a line met Hughes and people would have the door opened and cross over the threshold after waiting for hours and hours in line. And I've even continued to hear these stories just in the last week or two from people that were doorkeepers and stood and welcomed people in. And they said that there were two common questions when someone often came in the door. You might know what the first one was. Where's the bathroom? You know, after you've been standing in line a lot of hours, that's a legit question. The second question that they said was so common, after someone may have been standing in line six or eight hours, can I go straight to the altar? They walked in the door and said, can I go to the front and be at the altar? Sometimes that question came from people that might only have had an hour or two remaining that they could be part of worship, and that was their question. And it's this question of consecration. It's a question that says, can I go and can that be my place that I kneel before the King of Kings, who is Lord of all, the one who is the center of this worship and the one who is the source of love. Love flows vertically, it flows from the heart of God. And every person that made a request that saw this altar as the place that they would encounter God they were making a declaration of this reality that love begins in this vertical flow and moves from heaven towards where we are. If, if Jesus is present in this room and he is pouring out the love of God from heaven, and if that altar is the place that I can receive every ounce of that kind of life and that love, then they were asking how quick could they come to that place?
If church can become like outpouring, that's what we talked about in February. If church could be normalized in that way. Can you imagine people walking in to your church and if your church has a, has a place that is altar at the front, that people walked into church and went straight to the altar? What would that be like? What's, a, what's an altar there for if it is not for our most desperate days? For hungry people to kneel and say, I need to hear from heaven and I need to hear from God. So in the sanctuary, the altar is one place of this intersection of the vertical reality that that's where love flows. Where a follower of Jesus kneels in this recognition that first and foremost, love moves vertically. What about in our personal lives of following Jesus? It's the cultivated space of prayer that is the place of that intersection. If you gave your life to Jesus, if you recommitted your life to Jesus, if you made a significant step and a marker in the month of February, maybe you're looking for new prayer practices in your life. Like what, is, what does it mean to live in the commitment that I just made? Pray in the Lord's Prayer. That is a great step. Take the Lord's Prayer for the next week and let it be your time with Jesus. Pray the Lord's Prayer for a month. The prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, that Jesus prayed, is a prayer, a prayer that draws us into the presence of God. Maybe it's the Jesus Prayer. We sometimes call it a breath prayer. But you sit down and you may have five minutes that you've said, God, I'm, I'm sitting and I'm being still for five minutes. And the Jesus prayer is simply, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And sometimes it's the repetition of that prayer that centers you with Jesus and those minutes that you still yourself. Pray scripture. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to the end of the book. Many of you found yourself praying that prayer in February. Pray through the Psalms. The book of Psalms is often called the prayer book of the Bible. There's 150 chapters. It's like in a year you could go through the whole book of Psalms Letting the Psalms be your prayer every day. So love in action, it originates from this relationship with him. Creating space with God for conversation with Jesus that flows vertically. It all begins in that position. Love moves horizontally. Love moves in community. Romans 13, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. 
On February 11th, on that Saturday, I was sitting in the middle of the senior section. It's like a Saturday, sometime late morning. And my wife has this picture of Professor Dan Lewis sitting there with his arm around me, praying over me. And it's a picture that will be emblazoned in my heart as I remember February of 2023. I'll always remember what Dan Lewis prayed over me that morning. Emily Ellis, if you're here this morning, you were talking to me a few days ago about how in that hour after chapel, you and Dakota sat and simply were praying together. It's in Jesus-centered community where love moves laterally. It moves through how we encourage one another. It moves through forgiveness. It's love that reconciles a relationship that had gone the wrong direction. I hope that quite a few of you might have a moment of thinking back a few weeks. Maybe it was just last week, but maybe it was into February that you remember what friends you were with sitting beside you or kneeling together at this altar. And you may not remember every word that was prayed, but you know how the Spirit of God moved in you during that prayer. Maybe today is the day that you needed to remember that and to reconnect to what God did in you through a friendship. On the second night of outpouring was this image that that I'll always keep. Eight or nine people who had said yes to Jesus, becoming Lord of their life, becoming Lord of their heart, becoming king of who they are, knelt right here at the altar. But it didn't look like eight or nine. It looked like 50. Because there was a huddle around every single person that was praying that prayer for Jesus to be their Lord. Because that's community. Because we don't come to Jesus on our own. There are others that have carried a prayer for us. There are others uh, that have loved us in the direction of meeting Jesus. Receiving the love of God that flows vertically, it always has horizontal impact. It always changes the way that we experience and see community. So let me ask you an obvious question. If relationships are designed for us to experience the love of God moving horizontally, what about when it doesn't happen? What about when you don't experience it? When you don't encounter that kind of love? Zach Meerkrebs was preaching Romans 12, verses 3 to 8. And this is, um, this is what he shared about loving one another 
in those particular verses. Love is stifled by pride. It's sacrificed when we live in comparison. And it's subdued in competition. Pride, comparison, and competition, they wreck love in action. So we live in imperfect communities. We live with broken people and we live dealing with our own sin. And it's in this reality that Paul, he lays out for Christians being shaped by an entirely different ethic that overcomes the patterns of this world that says love must be sincere, it must be authentic, and that love is made to be genuine. And that's who we're being shaped to be. In outpouring worship, scripture and testimony, it happened every day. We spent significant time on our knees in repentance and we prayed over each other. And we, and we did, we said it often, this is how normal church should look. It's our way of saying, this is what following Jesus should look like when we're together. So what happened during outpouring really could be what it looks like. Both in big church, and I'm gonna use this phrase in little church. Little church is how we walk out in a tight circle of friends, the same values that we hold in big church. So gather small groups, banded discipleship groups. They are these circles where you experience the horizontal movement of the love of God. So in Romans 13, when Paul says, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ, Another translation says, put on, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Spiritual friendships is where we do that. And this is what I mean about it being the place where we live it out. In corporate worship, we're taught the grace and truth of Jesus Christ. We're, we're taught scripture. We, we sing and we experience in a way that often feels one direction. But in a circle of friends like a small group or a band, you often get to process the grace and truth of Jesus in your life. Spiritual friendships are where you bring what you're taught and you work it out and so it moves deeper, it moves inward. Love moves horizontally. And so taking intentional steps into those kind of friendships, a small group, a banded discipleship group, will deepen your encounter with the love of God. It will deepen what is sustained in your commitment to God. So a final illustration. Let's use baptism. We're baptized in big church, and you step into this sacramental means of grace, and you hear the same words 
that were spoken over Jesus at Jesus' baptism. This is my son whom I love with him. I am well pleased. This is the truth that we're taught in big church. It's the baptismal covenant when you've begun your following of Jesus. And in little church, like a small group, it's where you process it. You work out that God has said to you, this is my daughter whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. And in spiritual friendships, you speak that to each other on days that you may not believe it, on days that you struggle with it. You speak that to each other. In spiritual friendships, you confess when you haven't lived like it. You repent when you've made choices to the contrary. And you fight for each other to live in the reality of your baptism, of what God has spoken over you, of who he has declared you to be. Love moves horizontally. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. Take intentional steps to have little church in your life. Gather a small group, a banded discipleship group, finding a mentor, if that's your beginning place, take those steps. And last, love migrates outwardly. Love for the world. Love in action is always a love that is sent. It it comes from what every one of us can hear in John chapter 3. For God so loved the world that there was movement into the world. Let your light so shine before others that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Romans 13.10, love does no harm to a neighbor, and therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. Thanks for being reflective with me this morning. I'm reflecting back that over these last few weeks, in just a matter of a couple of weeks, there were 280 different college campuses that walked in to be part of worship with us. 280. Isn't that crazy? When they left, they were sent from, from an outpouring to be witnesses of the good news, to tell stories of who Jesus is, and to tell stories of the character of God, where they each went back to their campus. There's witness teams, and so many of you have had a chance to share a story. You've gone to home churches, and you've witnessed to how Jesus was present and at work here and what you saw with your eyes and what you heard with your ears. 
Some of you have, have shared that in churches that you go to right here or back home or you've jumped on a Zoom call. Some of you have traveled and you've gone to states like Virginia, Pennsylvania, Louisiana, New York City. Some of you have gone to campuses in Kentucky like the University of the Cumberlands or Wheaton in Chicago or all the way to California to Azusa Pacific. How many of you in one form or fashion, whether it was your home church or another church, have had a chance to go and give a testimony and tell a story. Raise your hands if you've had a chance to do that. The fact that you've been invited, it speaks to the desperation that is going on in our world. And it speaks to the desire that exists among the church for God to move in our broken world. There's desperation in thousands of churches across the world that God would move, that God's people would be a witness for the love of God in the culture that we live in. So many people are hungry to hear how the Holy Spirit has been at work. And now he's poured out his love. Love migrates outwardly. Dr. Brown often directs us to the prayer in John chapter 17. And the unity in this prayer is ultimately outward facing. Jesus prays. My prayer is not for them alone. His prayer was not simply for those 100 years later that would become Jesus' followers or 1,500 years later that would become Jesus' followers. He said, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Jesus has designed us to live in these movements, vertical, horizontal, outward expressions of the love of God. This is our invitation. If you would pray with me as, as we prepare to close in song. God, this morning, in the middle of a week of school, you're shaping each one of us. Father, we want to be caught up in your love that has come to us. You loved us first. Jesus, thank you for the open doors you give us into in, community to experience your love and friendships. And Father, we pray that from those places, you would enlarge our vision and our eyes to see how you have called us to live the love of God in the world around us. We ask this together in Jesus' name this morning. Amen.